guys and welcome to another episode of the Carp Angler Chronicles. My name's Pete and I'm here with my very good friend Sam. Um, how you doing Sam? I'm good buddy, I'm good. It's, uh, it doesn't feel that long ago that we recorded our last one. No, this is good. This is what we needed to do. Mm. We had a very, very long break. Um, but now let's, yeah, we can hopefully get the ball rolling and um, yeah, keep a bit of regular content coming out. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. I uh, I didn't ask you actually before we just before we hit record. Are you are you having a little traditional drink with this podcast or not? I'm actually not. I have a bottle of water, mate. Because as you know, I have been pretty pretty ill the last the last week. Bit of man flu, and I'm still struggling with a cough. So I'm not risking it. Not risking it. Don't blame you, mate. Um, Don't blame me. No. And yours? Mine is. Oh, it's a mistake. I, I can tell you that much. I've got a bottle of Hague, Hague uh, Scottish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, never had it before. I'm quite into my whiskies. I don't know if you know that. Um, and yeah, I've never had it. I mean, I, I knew it wasn't going to be a, a phenomenal whiskey or anything like that. Um, but I thought I'd give it a go. It's terrible, mate. It's really, it's really <laughs> bad. It's um. It's just it. It's the weakest tasting whiskey I've ever tasted. It's it's full percent, forty percent, um, but it's very. It's just weak. Uh, like it's quite sweet. It's an easy drinking whiskey. Um, it'd be a good whiskey for someone that didn't really like whiskey, if you know what I mean. But um, yeah, it's just unrefined, real kind of ethanol-y kind of um, taste to it. I'm I'm by no means a whiskey buff, but I. I like I know a good whiskey and a bad whiskey. This is a bad whiskey. Apologies if anyone uh. works for Hague or anything that's listening. But uh, yeah, it's terrible, mate. Worst whiskey I've ever tasted. Mm, put it out there. You're just gonna battle through it. Yeah, I'm gonna battle through it. I got some. Um, I got some ginger ale that I'm mixing it with. Just to nice. uh, yeah, I'll sink a couple and then I'll just be oblivious to it. I'll just be chilling. <laughs> yeah, sure, absolutely, absolutely fine. What's new? Ever go for it? Hmm? I was going to ask if you ever go for a ginger wine. A ginger wine? Yeah, Stone's ginger wine oh, with whiskey. No, I don't. So, do you know that's so weird? You, you forget about things, don't you? I totally forgot about Stone's ginger wine. I used to love that stuff. My dad used to... Mm. My dad was into whiskey. Um, he never... He, he just had... Uh, I think he just used to drink Bell's, like real... Yeah, it's, it's a cheap whiskey. It's yeah, not a yeah. good whiskey, but he used to drink it a lot. Yeah, he used to have Stone's sometimes. Um haven't had that for a long time but no no i don't i don't really put mixes in my whiskey i have it um with ice Mm -hmm. and um and that's it i don't really add anything else to it i just kind of i don't really have it as like a session drink i don't actually drink much these days at all um but i just have it as a like appetit or or something like that um yeah no mate how about yourself (coughs) drink wise um I drink a lot of gin nowadays. Um, yeah, low just gin. I love my gin. Um, different kinds, flavored gins. I got really into like the different orange flavored gins. Mm. Um, there's a local one. It's, it's distilled in Newquay, I think, called Frog's Lips, uh, and Ooh. they do like a blood a blood orange gin. And that's really nice. I was enjoying that, especially the. I find the orange gins. If you get an elderflower tonic, it goes incredibly well. Oh, I tell you what. It, yeah, I don't mind a good gin. And I um I like the Fever Tree Mediterranean tonic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that I know it. 
Mm, you know it well, right? Do you like it? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I like right. that. My mum has it. Uh, <laughs> My okay. mum's into it. <laughs> that with some Monkey 47, some ice, little bit of cucumber. I like that. That's uh, that's a nice. That's, uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a bit, little bit light in the toes, if you know what I mean. A bit girly. But um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a nice nice drink. I like that. Yeah, I don't mind gin. I went for a phase of, of like having all the different gins and, you know, it's like you spend a fortune, don't you, trying the different ones. But yeah, yeah whiskey nowadays, mate, I've, uh, I've matured like a fine wine. Manly. Mm. Manly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm all about. So, yeah, like a good whiskey. And then, uh, to be honest, you can't beat a beer, can you? I love beer, as you know no. it. <laughs> I used to be <laughs> mad on the beer, didn't I? Um, yeah, still absolute beer monster. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, still love a beer, but uh, I just enjoy the one or two of them um, rather than anything too heavy. So yeah. Anyway, what's um what's new with you, buddy, in the world of angling or outside the world of angling? I know you've been ill for a bit. Have you managed to get out on the bank either to do a bit of fishing or baiting up or anything else? Um, no, I think so. Last time we spoke podcast wise, I sort of mentioned I'd applied uh, for my um, for a ticket to a local club mm. um, which I've got and yeah I've sort of walked around a few of the lakes um, got a bit of a carpy fix we've had so much rain there's a, there's a lot of water in them um, mm. so it's sort of uh, it's made getting around some of them a bit tricky but yeah it's been it's been it's been nice sort of getting an idea for it but I haven't sort of wet a line as yet mm. um, you sent me a few photos today um, which I think was something you wanted to chat about. But um, have you done any fishing, or have you just been sort of? I've, no, <clears throat> no, I've not, mate. I um, no, I managed to make a bit of time uh, earlier today, and I had a walk around um, a lake that yeah, it's, um, yeah, I might be fishing it on Sunday. I've got some time free on Sunday, um, so I'm gonna fish somewhere. I might well go there. But um, yeah, I was I was walking around it, and and you're not really supposed to be there, really, in a way. Okay, that sounds bad. Mm -hmm. But um, it's all above board. It's not, you know, it's I'm not like trespassing on a private fishery or anything like that. It's probably not as bad as it sounds. But you're not really supposed to be there. Certainly not in this part of it. Um, And it just felt good. I kind of had it in my mind that I would like do the odd bit of um, winter fishing there. And um, yeah, and I turned up, and someone's clearly been doing a little bit of uh, swim, swim modifications, or more to the point, making a swim out of nothing like this little area. They've they've done it, you know, fairly okay. So I'm like, oh fuck, like I can't do it now because I'm, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, someone's beat me to it basically. Um, so I don't want to go yeah. there and tread on anyone's toes. Uh, which is a bit of a bummer because I was quite up for it. Um, I kind of fancied my chances. What we've the the lake is it's a funny old place. Um, there's five islands on it, and the islands make up um, how do I put it? They make up more. So if you if you looked at the parameter of the lake, um, and then looked at the body of water, there's more islands than there is water. If that makes sense, there's five oh, of these right. islands. Yeah, real unique place. I don't think. I mean, I can't imagine many people know about it at all. Um, so, and it's it's kind of like a, a natural um, uh, place of scientific beauty. Or I can't remember the exact term. Um, yeah, and uh, 
so yeah, th- this area, I was like, hey, this is, pr- this is probably going to be good, da 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 And uh, yeah, someone's beat me to it. And they've obviously carved out a little area. Um, and they're obviously going to, well, they obviously have been campaigning it, which has totally scuppered my plans. Obviously, I'm not going to go and drop in there now because um, that's just not cricket. Um, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do, to be honest. I might pop down um, to the water park, Cotswold Water Park, on Sunday and just fish one of one of the club waters. Um, yeah, that's about it, mate. How about yourself? Have you, you've obviously been walking around... Um, I think I know which one of the club waters you've been walking around. <coughs> you managed to see anything? Not a thing. <laughs> no. Any anyone else angling? I mean, yeah, I've seen a few people around angling. Um there's yeah, the water's just we've had so much rain, the water's really uh sort of coloured. Um so sort of like spotting anything's been quite tricky, I guess, but mm. um yeah, but on the on like I say on the fishing front it's all all quite quiet from me. Um so yeah, there's nothing nothing, nothing to report. One day, yeah, we're gonna have our first ever capture we can talk about until that day. <laughs> <laughs> the guys listening will have to wait. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. One then go fishing. One day we'll actually go fishing. Yeah. We did do we uh yeah. I think we mentioned this on the last podcast actually. We we did record a uh, a podcast on the bank we were both fishing sep- separate venues um i was in cotswolds pete was in cornwall but apart from that yeah we haven't i haven't been fishing that many times i think on the first podcast i was all like gearing up for like a winter of fairly regular fishing and it's just not panned out like that i've had i think i mentioned on the other podcast i've had I own a gym and that's flooded twice and I've had a moved house as well and it's just been like so much going on. Um just not managed to get out. But um hoping to to make a little bit more time going forward. I think you are as well, aren't you, mate? Um you gonna start making a bit more yeah. time. <coughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I've got to be honest, it's um so my wife's just gone back to work. Uh, so we've had a, a third child, so she's going to a childbinder sort of one and a half days a week, and um, it's actually taken us like ooh, it's hit us all quite hard. Her going back, so it's just getting back into routine, and sort of it's quite scary how little time you have for yourself. Um, and you've got sort of a, a busy house and three kiddies, and but yeah, no, I am um, especially as soon as the evenings start lighting up, which they are now, it's really noticeable. Um, I'll mm. be getting out there for sure, and sort of doing my little bit um but sort of on a fishing front you've been a bit proactive this week uh i saw that the instagram story you've been asking for advice on a oh. on a volley <laughs> so you've got to be you've got to be warming up to getting out there again um, yeah i've got so, so the brolly i've got at the minute because i'm a but i'm a brolly angler i don't really like bivvies i've had different bivvies before i've had tons of different uh bivvies and brollies i just seem to chew through them but um, yeah, I'm a brolly guy. Uh, the brolly I've got at a minute is oh, Pete. You know what it is? It's it's Nash. It's the real small Nash one. What's that called? Is it Scope? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it? Yeah, it's no, no. It is. It's um, because I had it. It's a um, it's Scope. A, it's the re recon Scope recon. Tiny, tiny little tiny. thing. Tiny. 
Yeah, I've, <coughs> and I've had like 50-inch brollies in the past, and, and I'm happy in a 50-inch brolly um, like I am. I have them set really low anyway, which gives you a bit more room, and you can just about squeeze your bed chair in, and you know, your, your end of your bed chair, your sleeping bag might be touching the end, but if I've got like a waterproof bag. It's all fine. Basically, I'm happy to be crunched up in a in a 50-inch. doesn't bother me at all. But this little Nash thing is like next level. I don't know what it would be, like 40-inch or something. I don't know what the stats are. But it's it's too small, like even for me, especially as I'm getting a bit older now. Um, you know, it's just it's too hardcore for me, mate. It's too small. I don't want my face hanging out of the brolly. Have you done any nights underneath it? No, I wouldn't do a, a night under that. I've only had it. I haven't had it long at all. Um, I think I mm. got it in December sometime. No, I haven't, mate. But um, so yeah. Anyway, been on the market for a new brolly, um, which I've got now, which is cool. You got uh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah, I got the purely because you said you didn't like it. <laughs> I got the uh, ESP hideout. Nice. Yeah, and that's a. Uh... That's a, is it a system or a brolly? It's a system, but so the front is like fixed in, if you like. Obviously, it's got a door, but you know most mm-hmm. brolly systems, you unzip the front and then it becomes just a standard brolly. Yeah. This doesn't, like it doesn't have the front oh. that you unzip. Yeah, but because... I, I didn't think you'd like that. None, well, neither did I, but here's the thing. It's a very thin material, which, you know, yes, I know some would say, well, it's not as good because it's thin, but whatever, it's waterproof, it's fine. Um, it, you can just roll it back and it's like next to nothing. So it really, you roll it back, it's basically, it's a normal brolly. Um, and then the slides, you know, the front just flips out if you need it. Now, mm-hmm. because I'm going to be fishing up here in the water park, um, Cotswold Water Park, the mozzy situation <laughs> up here... You're right. Coughing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on, mate. <laughs> um, it was. I don't know if it was loud for the listeners, but it was really loud for me. Because um, because I'm, I'm going to be fishing up here in the water park, uh, Cotswold Water Park. It, the mozzie situation up here is insane. Right? They are like next level mosquitoes. Um, mm. And ever since, ever since I was like mid twenties, I just or late twenties maybe. I don't know. Something like that. I just been like a mozzie magnet and they absolutely annihilate me um so yeah anyway long story short i want it, it needed to have a front the days of just going and open brolly are, are gone for me unfortunately um certainly in the summer anyway so yeah that's what i went for long story short um i like the fact that you don't need all these storm poles it's obviously got those two extending ribs that, that come out to the front so it's it's freestanding in a way um, you just peg it in, and and supposedly most of the time you don't need storm poles with it, um, which I like the idea of. And yeah, it's two hundred quid with a free uh, mozzie front. It'd be nice to have a bit of uh, honest feedback, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I I recently got rid of my um, old Witchwood brolly, so I think you'll remember that one. Um, mm. It was on the original sort of HD. Uh, brollies that they brought out. I think they were the first one that um, had like the fiberglass poles rather than the old steel poles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or the spokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I was a bit sad to see it go. I mean, I'd done hundreds and hundreds of nights under that. Um, but it was it was um, it was in a sorry state to be honest. It, it leaked like a sieve. Yeah. Uh, it was uncomfy doing nights in there. Um, 
And as you know, you've given me some stick for it, but I've got the Tempest Broly. Mm. Um, which is all right. It's all right. It's um, Tracker it's Tempest. just confused. It's not a it's not a bivy. It's not a Broly. But it goes up quick. It gives you loads of space. It's actually really nice not having uh, like the spokes. Although I miss the spokes because the spokes were great for sort of sticking some clothes up in. And I'll tell you what exactly. the other thing I used to do with the spokes, if it was especially like the winter, I used to like download a, like some movies or whatever on my phone. And then I'd like to get a jumper or something in the spokes and then prop my phone in there so you could just lie down in the bed and watch a movie or something. So I used to do that, but I can't do that anymore with the uh, the spokeless Tempest. Yeah. All of the brollies these days seem to be this space-saving thing. So you, yeah. you can sit in there and look out. Yeah, I guess that's nice, but I mean, you, like you, you, that is nice. You're better off standing up and, and looking around, really. But that space to put like uh, clothing is just I don't know I kind of I, I miss that a little bit I like the I like the um the space at the top I think the best brolly I, I best brolly I the space oh go on sorry dude that's all right go on I was gonna say I find the space saving poles uh, you got to put that pole screw the pole in haven't you to then erect the brolly if that makes sense because you haven't um, got like the the center bit to hold anymore because it's all part of that pole, because it's so short. Oh. So I found that like a bit of a pain, like with your current brolly, the Nash one. Um, yeah, I didn't bother with it. You can still do it. Ooh, you're hard, man. you got, got to have guns of steel. Um, mm, maybe it, I was lacking that. Yeah. No, it's not even that hard. You, you can do it. You just put your hand behind the top thing, and you can still do it. Reach around. <laughs> Give it a reach around, Pete. Yeah. Like the good old days, eh? So go on, what are you saying? About the brolly spokes. Um, I can't remember. I interrupted I just... you. <clears throat> Sorry. It. That's all right. I think, no, I just, I like a big brolly spoke. <laughs> I think that's all I was saying. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like, I like my brolly spokes hefty. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We have cleared that up. Mm, mm. The, uh, I tell you what, the best brolly I've ever owned was, a was the, do you remember that JRC brolly I had? Um, mm, stealth. Was it, was that what it was called? Yeah. Mm. Good brolly. I know it's not yeah. I know it's I know it's not cool or it's not fashionable, it's JRC and but uh yeah, that was that was a good brolly. I like that. And that was the steel spokes. It had the low um it had the low spokes. Uh, I know this is like exactly what people wouldn't want. I sound like I'm uh, I'm flipping all the marketers spiel. <coughs> but um yeah, I liked it. Liked it. It was good. Bomb-proof, that, that thing was. Absolutely bomb-proof. Yeah. So, yeah, so we were going to... I sort of... I mentioned someone sent a question, so... Mm. That first ever question, so it'd be kind of nice to... This is where we've got to be prepared. Oh. Do you know the name of the person? No, I didn't even know we were going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple of uh, questions. Oh, no, we had... Couple... Do you mean suggestion, or is this question? I think someone asked a question. I think it might have been with like a oh. like the iTunes sort of reviews or something. Oh, we've got another review. Um, oh, did, right, this is going to sound like it's so contrived, <laughs> but it really isn't. I've just gone on to the uh, Apple thing. Uh, great listen. One of the very best out there. Please keep them coming. Oh, nice. By Splashy, Splashy Carper. Thank you so much for the re- 
uh, review, but it only shows me the last review. Uh, oh no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So, um, so no, no carp ray. Um, has said hi guys great podcast keep up the amazing work would love to know your thought about bait as I roll and make my own liquids too thanks I think he means he rolls bait and he wants to know about uh, liquids okay. I think we started talking about liquids and I think mm-hmm. um, I was being selfish and not wanting to share <laughs> my liquid stuff That's, yeah. look I, I, tell you what, I tell you what I will say and I didn't <laughs> I didn't realise you were going to spring this on me Pete so I'm um, off on the back foot a little bit but with liquids I think they are massively underused I really really do I think um, you know we, we look at the different we want to find that bait that's going to like really work and switch them on or like what's you know let's let's get the best boily or pop up or whatever it might be and I think liquids get really neglected now the people that don't neglect them they might use them for maybe um, boily soaks or uh, particle as part of their particle liquid things like that which is great but not many people just use liquids on their own and that's something that i'm i'm big into um and i've obviously dabbled with a lot in the past and uh, and at the moment it's something that um i've uh it's something that i'm going to be using a lot of i think liquids are, have got huge amount of mileage in them um obviously a big issue is is keeping them in the swim for a long period of time you can there's a multitude of ways you can get liquids out there into your swim Mm -hmm. uh depending on where it is if it's close range you know you can use things like super soakers or uh, pipes into the water if it's long range you know if it's pva friendly you can utilize pva bags and wow there's other things you sorry go on just realize what you said about super soakers (laughs) it's just something i've never considered genuinely super soakers yeah i would love to see you on the bank (laughs) (laughs) oh mate i've got armed of your super soaker i can't believe you said that yeah carry on mate i used to um... i used to use uh super soaker in cornwall (laughs) It's, it's ridiculous sorry yeah, I, I, I can not see remember. the logic. Yeah. No, I can't remember. I can see the logic. Oh, it just really took me by surprise. Oh, mate, mate, honestly, Super Soaker. The, you got to get a good one. I don't, and I don't even know if Super Soaker, the actual brand, is still going. Best one I've got at the minute has got um, some flames up the side of it, and it's it's red and orange, so it's a bit, it's not, wow. yeah, it's not carpy. Um, but in the same respect, if someone sees you messing, like, then... You know they're not going to copy because they're just going to think you're a bit of an idiot, which is good because you don't want people copying you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, super, honestly, if you if you've got a obviously you can't be if you're fishing far away from the bank and you're not in a boat. Obviously, there's a limit to what the super soaker can do. Um, but close range margin spots, you want to just get some liquid in there that can be really good, um, particularly if you're, for example watching some fish in the snags or near snags or just watching fish anywhere that they could be um we've all seen this they'll they'll often like they'll kind of swan off no pun pun intended and then they'll come back and they just they kind of oftentimes if you can get high enough in a tree that like they'll have a little pattern you can you can see them you know and it's not always exact but you you got a good idea when they go off they're gonna come back right um Mm -hmm. 
when they do that, like that's the time to get the uh, the super soaker out and uh, yeah, and start start squirting, start getting that liquid in the water. Um, and then it's good with uh, a single hook bait because they can. It's like they've got um, different um, senses going on. Um, olfication senses, gustation. The the different ways the carp senses food basically are going to be firing. But there's nothing really of substance there except oh, what's that? You know that bait, and then they go down and then you know snaffle it up, and and that's your hook bait. That's how I use it. Obviously, as other ways to use it. But yeah, good old super soaker. <clears throat> Can't beat a good old super soaker. I have never super soaked. Mm. No, I like it though. It made me chuckle. You got, um, you got to be, yeah, you got to be careful on what liquid you use. Um, you can't be putting out some L zero thirty or anything like that in a no, super soaker. No, no, no. <coughs> um, no, it's got to be pretty, pretty viscous. I tell you a. Uh, sorry, I'm just filling a, filling my drink up. I, I'll, I'll give everyone a, <clears throat> a good one to go on. One of the um, great, great liquids out there that I use, and it's very cheap. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's going to be the one I was going to mention. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm. And by, by the way, I've got a, uh, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a carp and some other fish um, in a pond. It's actually at my mum's house. Dug this pond, and then not too long after, got a carp in it, which is a whole other story which maybe we'll tell sometime <laughs> but we have to leave a few bits out but we need um, to rehome that fish yeah i've been i've been talking about that and i think i know the perfect place but because it's, it's too big it's it's had way too much protein <laughs> it's had too much good stuff anyway um yeah from testing very loads of different liquids both in in the testing pond um and you know in my own fishing a very good liquid that you can get it's very inexpensive is squid brand mm -hmm. fish sauce i think it's just called squid brand fish sauce um right, yeah. yeah it's not as available as it was once upon a time but you can still get it um i believe it's tesco that sell it um yeah go in there it's about one pound sixty two pound i don't know it's not much um for like a liter bottle um <coughs> Honest, honestly, guys, yeah, that is very, very good. You can use it in a multitude of ways. You can use it, you know, with particles. You can, um, you know, dry your boilies out and soak them in it. Um, you can use it in your stick mix, whatever. It's very, very good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's how I've sort of used it in the past is with sort of dried out, dried out baits and then rehydrating them with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially on, a, on silty waters, I think it's... Um, and yeah, your, your baits aren't soaking up any more of the uh, the, the silty the smells of their mm. pump full of that sauce so much. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. When they're doing that, they are pumping things out as well. But yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but what I was going to say is, like, luckily for you, Pete, that that liquid is really good in the super soaker because it's very thin. <laughs> um, you want to make sure, like, here's a top tip for people who everyone's going to go out and buy super soakers now. Here's a top tip: you, once you blast that through, right, you want to do a second blast of just water, um, ideally warm water if you can, but just any water, just lake water is fine because it'll like in the tubes that go through, it, like the salt will crystallize and it will dry. Um, and it will just leave this kind of um, gack in, in your super soaker tubes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, blast it through with some 
some lake water or warm water after you use and you're good to go but yeah that's a good liquid it's a very good liquid very inexpensive I, I might be completely wrong in saying this but i think some sort of major sort of brand sort of um bait suppliers tackle suppliers have actually used that exact same sort of source and it's just rebranded isn't it uh, i wasn't aware of that mm, i you... believe so mm, not... like shrimp shrimp extract or something I believe it was sort of uh, relabeled. Wasn't aware of that. But it could just be a, a rumor. That was just through chatting to somebody on one of the forums back in the day. That was. All oh, right. I'm not sure. Quite possibly. Mm -hmm. Quite. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah. Oh, I tell you, actually, whilst we're on the topic of liquids, something else that I'll, I'll give everyone. Um, I'm not literally going to give you the liquid. I'm, I mean, I'm just, you know, give you a little tip. <laughs> the That liquid's very good. There's some other liquids that are obviously fantastic. Um, something I am really impressed with is um, in in pond tests, at least, um, at, with, with the fish at my parents' house, um, is Baitworks Sea Stim liquid. I don't think I've mentioned this to you. Yeah, I, I, was, I went in there um, and picked up some bait oh this was back in december i guess or november maybe maybe november actually um and i saw the the owner mark in there got chatting to him probably like bored him to death <laughs> with a load of bait talk and i was just uh, asking him a ridiculous amount of questions about his bait and different things which he was very good about and he um he answered all the questions. It was really helpful. Anyway, he gave me some of this sea stum, sea sim stuff, and he said like, try that out on on your test carp and and see what you think. Honestly, that stuff is very very good. It's um it's amongst the best stuff I've tested, I would say. So yeah, resort I'd mention those two liquids is something that I would start with. Um, obviously, you've got the obvious ones which I won't mention. L zero thirty, or that's not really available now. But there's uh, similar replacements. Um, obviously, they're very good. But yeah, the squid brand fish sauce is very good. And the Baitworks Sea Stim is also very, very good. Um, it really switched the fish on when I put that in the pond. Um, so yeah, I'm going to experiment <coughs> with that stuff a little bit. Along with some other bits. I thought I held the record uh, for your bait testing. I remember when I knocked up a little test batch of bait. Um and your fish went nuts for it. I don't know if you remember that. Mm. No, I don't. I don't do you? <laughs> yeah, which is annoying because I sort of, I sort of cling on to that. What was it? A, a boilie or a paste or or what? Yeah, no, it was a boilie. It was a boilie. It was. Mm. Um, oh, it was a yes, a bird food with with. Did it have cream? Like a was it? Did you use cream kajowza in it by um, Nutribates? Was it something like that? No. Sim similar profile. It had yeah, it was yeah. the um, it had like a, it had a creamy flavour, and it had a sort of like a flavour enhancer from CC Moore. It's what's in Live System that was in it. Um, I remember, yeah, with sort of quite a few um, drops of black pepper oil as well. Yes, um, yeah, that performed amazing on your fish, didn't it? But yeah. it actually was a bit of a flop, like fishing. I didn't have any any luck with it. Mm. I, did, I did fish with it a lot and I think confidence is a big thing isn't it I guess and I don't think probably I'd 
winter is a good time to be testing baits. I think that was the trouble, wasn't it? We were so into it. We were constantly, constantly sort of on the move. Mm. Yeah. So I tell you what. So we used to, um, me and Sam, we used to roll up. Um, this was about 25k sort of at a time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. 20 kilos, 25 kilos at a time. We had a production line, um, which we, we never mastered. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day. Like one of the reasons we never mastered it, this was my big bugbear, is you used to hate, and for good reason, I get it, um, but you used to want as little amount of egg sort of in that paste as possible. So you used to buy absolutely a thick, thick paste. And it would take forever to gun out. I mean, we had a big compressor and the gun would just be struggling for each little sausage to come out. And then it would eat away at the bait tables. Um, it was a nightmare it, to roll. It it was, it was <laughs> and it, due to the other ingredients we had in it as well. But yeah, that was part of the problem. Yeah. You like a stiff mix? Mate, I like it stiff. Um, it was just the ingredient. It's not necessarily that I like mixes that are stiff. It's more that I like... There was a certain combination of ingredients that we used that I liked that were stiff, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, don't like too much egg. Egg, you're you're binding your. I'm risking going off on one, <laughs> but you're binding up all of this goodness in egg, right? Albumin, it, it, you, it's it makes it become far less attractive um, for the for the carp. Um, and then there's you know there's ways around it, but I'm. I'm on the whole, you want, you know, egg is, is, uh, it, it, look, I'm not saying it doesn't bring any nutritional value. It clearly does, but on the whole, it's a, it's, um, it's a necessary evil, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. In, in bait. I don't like it. I like pastes right now. I'm, I mean, I've got no interest in rolling bait again. It ties me in knots. I think it, in many ways, it takes away the enjoyment of fishing and the likelihood of you catching because, the thing, this is what people don't understand. Everyone wants to like be a bait tester or or make their own, but but you are constantly putting something out there yourself, which you don't know if it works. You don't know how good it is. It can look great. You you can have an amino um, spreadsheet that you know balances things. You could look into it, and it on paper it can look like the best thing ever, the best thing since sweet corn. Um, but when you go out there, you don't know if it's going to work or not. Um, and it can really hamper your fishing. And for years, countless sessions, both me and I'm sure you, Pete, me and you, we have, you know, gone out there and our priority was testing bait rather than catching fish. Um, yeah. And it and it can, you know, and it was almost like that was our hobby. Creating awesome bait was almost like the main thing in a weird way. Um, it's weird, hard to explain unless you've ever been there. All of the bait rollers out there, I'm sure you totally get what you, what I'm saying. I'm sure you're nodding your head. Um, you know, people that really seriously roll bait and design different bait, but yeah, it can it can take away from the enjoyment of it. Now, I have no interest in that. I'll mess with different liquids, mixing different liquids, and I will mess with pastes. But that's because I know what works and I know what doesn't work. And I know a few simple combinations of different powders bound together with some liquids to create a good paste. Um, Certainly in a stalking environment is very, very hard to beat. Um, But it's not like I'm, you know, pioneering some new crazy stuff. I'm I'm doing what I know works. Other than that, I'm just buying a rolled bait. Um, That's where I am with it now. Yeah. Yeah, very much the same. I haven't got the time. 
Mm. It was uh, we spent more time in that shed rolling bait than getting out there fishing. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. What bet? Are you? Do you still? What do you fish with now, Pete? Are you um, boily paste? What What are you on? Particle? Yeah, I think we sort of discussed this in the, the first pod, but um, I've been fishing primarily boily because like the, the day ticket waters I've been fishing, there's a, a lot of nuisance fish. Um, but if I can get away with it, um, maize, maize and sweet corn for me. If I can get away with it mm. um, at the moment, but I have been using it's um, the A bait by uh, Jason Ryder. I think. I think you remember. I think you've used this bait in the past, haven't you, Sam? I uh, don't think so. I've ex- exchanged some messages with him, and mm. um, so he's he's got a oh, bait out anyway. Cool. Oh, actually, yeah, I did. I <coughs> I did try some of his bait. Um, can't remember what it was, but it was black. Is it a plum plum zing? Probably that was one of his sort of most famous. No, it wasn't. That that was his main one. No, this was. It's no, I don't think it's in production. Um, the plumsing was his main one, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and I don't know much about his bait, to be honest. But um, there was something else. It was black. I don't know. Don't know what it was. Proper black, mm. black so, as well. So, so sort of like prior, especially sort of prior to um, third baby arriving. Um, I was using this bait called the Wasp. Um, all his baits are shelf life, um, which mm. is, suits me to the ground now just easy i don't have to worry about bait so much um i don't have to worry about getting out the freezer and drying it making sure it's firm enough etc um uh, it has a good bait to be honest um i had really really good results on it um i have not got any at the moment but certainly after payday this month i am going to be putting an order in for <coughs> for a few kilos yeah um and that's sort of what's going to be my go-to bait for approaching some of these club mm. waters <clears throat> yeah good lot got got confident in it so mm. yeah fair enough i i the load i had off him i don't think i did very well on it um not that that's to say it's a bad bait or anything um but yeah i think i remember that actually but i think you were fishing an incredibly tricky water at the time yeah probably but yeah probably yeah i mean look i should probably shouldn't have said that actually I'm sure it's a good bait. Um, I didn't, yeah, just because I didn't catch on it, or I probably caught on it but didn't catch much. Or if it's the water I'm thinking of, I probably didn't catch. Actually, this is proper rock hard. But uh, yeah, I'm sure he does good baits. I know you, Pete. You're very fussy with bait, as I am. Um, no, cool. So with your pace, are you sort of um, are you sort of feeding pace? Would you pre-bait with pace? Are you? Yeah, I would. I mean, the thing is with pace, I mean, the the, the pace I'm using, they're going to be completely dissolved uh, for the most part, except for the, there there are some insoluble ingredients in there. You know, obviously they'll stick around, mm-hmm. but they're pretty much, for, for all intents and purposes, they're broken down within a couple of hours. So it's best for stalking. You know, it, I wouldn't chuck them out and then, you know, get in my sleeping bag for the night. Uh, obviously, it's just not, it's just not the one. Um, but yeah, for stalking, if I know fish are there, if I'm just leaving the sh- rods out for a short period of time, then yeah, I'll uh, I'll use paste um, and I'll pre-bait in the same fashion. Um, if I know fish are there, or if I know fish are gonna be in there, they're gonna frequent the area. I'll, I'll pre-bait with it. Um, the nature of the paste that I use, it's not like you have to establish it. I think 
you know, sunbaits, particularly boilies, it definitely helps to establish it and particles as well. Um, what when I say establish, I mean you know get it going in on a regular basis so they are familiar seeing it, and that can be so powerful, particularly when they're not getting caught on it or they're not getting fished for on it, um, because. Look, carp aren't super intelligent, but they do pick your hook bait up and they do spit it out without you knowing about it. Matter of fact, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens. It's a fact, okay? So, so you know, that they, they can become wary of things. So you want to, in my opinion, you know, if you want to stack the odds in your favor, you want a bait to go in regularly without them having that experience of either getting caught on it or being fished for on it if that makes sense um so yeah i'll, I'll, I'll bang some paste into pre-bait i have no problems with doing that um if nothing else you know if the carp don't make it in time well maybe the natural food will come in um maybe they'll you know come out of the silt or or the gravel or the weed or whatever and feast on it because it mm-hmm. it's attractive to them as well, and maybe that will bring the carp in. So the you know maybe the carp come in once it is all broke down and they can't swallow a mouthful of of uh, paste. But maybe the naturals are all there, the natural food, and they're all you know feasting on all the broken down parts. And so it, it it's it's still a worthwhile thing to do um, in in my mind at least. <coughs> Sorry, my uh, throat is uh you're dying. I feel aren't you? a tickle. Yeah, I've just. Do you know what, mate? It's like. The cough, the cough hasn't even been the problem, but it's just like a real dry cough, and I get a little tickle. I can control it if I have a sip of water. Mm. Um, pain in that. I keep hearing your uh, whiskey bottle there, mate. How are you getting on? Oh, mate, that's a good point. I've just looked. I've, I am, woof. Yeah, lubricated. Um, ready for a Sam's rant. Something passionate that's <laughs> gonna come out in a minute. I've had a lot actually. Yeah. I, so this whiskey is so bad. I mean, I was just gonna leave it for cooking. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I did a oh, I did a nice ox ox cheek braise um, last night. Actually, um, I braised up some uh, big slab of ox cheek. Um, wow! Yeah, with some some onions, um, like saute the onions down, mix the whiskey with them, uh, bring that down, put some stock in, bring it down, seal off the beef, put it in like a slow cooker, add more whiskey. It is a bit of a process. I had some herbs and spices. And, uh, so yeah, anyway, I'm going to be using it for uh, for cooking, but I have just realised how much I've been drinking. Yeah, yeah, I'm well lubricated. It's tasting all right now. It's tasting fine. I'm mixing it with this uh, dark uh, diet fiery ginger beer. <laughs> so it's going down well. So yeah, you need to um, get the quickly or uh, the answers to the questions. Yes, I do. We've had a few. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We can, I didn't know if we were doing it. We can it. have a little chat. Mm, okay, let's have a look. Um, oh, I'm on my wrong Instagram account. I'm on my health uh, one. Uh, yeah, so who did I mention? I mentioned Dom, didn't I? The Spodcast. If anyone, I imagine anyone that's listening to us it surely listens to the podcast, <laughs> but if you, if for some crazy reason you you don't, then you should do um, the podcast. I think he was the second podcast to come along <coughs> after the, after the Carpcast. Um, but yeah, you should definitely yeah. check it out if you don't. Um, yes, Dom said uh, talk about the the importance of being mobile and not taking extra kit. It's a good point. Um, 
and something I've always done. I mean, I've always endeavoured to, to travel fairly light. Pete, I know you used to before you uh, you obviously got yourself a Tempest and some Nike Air Max and uh, oh, started started putting a baseball cap on backwards. The whiskey is flowing. Uh, <laughs> um, it's what you do in a Tempest, isn't it? Yeah. I think um, I've always sort of had a sort of philosophy of, well, recently uh, I've been using the Barrow a lot and I've not been travelling anywhere near as light as I should have. But mm. um, especially in winter, I find you've got to have a few comforts. Um, but one of my things, especially if you're, if you're traveling by foot, I always want to, whether I'm doing a night as well, if I can leave the car and get to my swim in one trip. Yeah. Um, and I've always been a bit of a pack horse, just load myself up and just go. Mm. Um, I'm sort of, um, yeah, I, that that's me kind of, uh, if I can do my sort of, um, my night, my two nights or whatever and do one trip from the car, I'm sort of happy. So. I, th- I think it is important, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, every everywhere you sort of uh, you watch nowadays online and stuff, it's all about the importance of sort of seeing fish and get on the move. And mm-hmm. but it is, it's um, it's, it's super important. And if you if you're packing light and you're not taking the extra gear, um, then you've got sort of uh, every chance more of, of getting a few fish. But coming with that, you've got to be organised as well because. I think speaking for all carp anglers, we've got so much gear. It's ridiculous and yep. so much. And just tackle boxes just get full and full and full. And I can say that every time I go fishing, I just look through my tackle box. And I'm like, why? Like, why have you got all this? But yeah. then when it comes to clearing it out, I'm like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I'm going to need it. But I think you just got to be ruthless, haven't you, or organised at home. And then if you know that you're going on a session to a certain lake and you know how you're going to fish it, you can really sort of minimise um, the equipment you've got to take with you. Um, I think you had a friend, a Cornish friend, who was sort of big on minimalization, didn't you? Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, um, <clears throat> I'm actually just putting a post on Instagram right now. Uh, just to try and get some more questions. Um, yeah, I was going to say. Listen, I, I mean, I think I'm. Pre- I think I've always been pretty light. Um, I don't know. You, Pete, you fish with me more than anyone else. I'm. I'm I think I'm pretty minimalistic. Pretty light. Am I? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say so. You know, I'm light. Bro- I just don't take much stuff. I don't <laughs> really need much stuff. Um, but I went fishing with. Uh, a good all-round guy, uh, Adam Roots. Um, I think if he's not a social media guy, he's kind of older, old-school guy, but he does actually do some writing um, for Hafes. Obviously, I'm sure you've all heard of Hafes, um, bird feed um, and ingredients, Hafes Robin Red. Um, he does some writing for them. Yeah, I, I went up to, and I'd fish with him, obviously several different places but we went up to upper tamar and i said look if you if you think you can <laughs> if you think you can uh, strip down what i'm bringing by all means do it and he just went through it and uh, through my, my tackle box and everything and completely gutted out and compared to what he takes he is a true minimalist in every sense of the word i mean i'm talking tarps and and if you can get away with it and all kinds of things um so yeah i would consider myself certainly by 
I mean, the average angler, I'm very light, but um, this guy is next level. He is, mm -hmm. uh, he's super duper light. Yeah, I'm trying to talk and post on Instagram. It's really difficult. <laughs> to the point of sort of measuring out how many cups of water. Oh, yes. How many cups of tea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He will, he will, okay, I need, I'm doing a night, I need two teas or three, whatever the number is, I don't know. He'll measure out the, the amount of water and he's real anal with it. And it's almost like part of the enjoyment for him. He also does some, like, I think he does bushcraft stuff, the whole, like, packing down light. Okay. So, um, like, I can sort of, um, on, on a general trip that I do, so I've got, it's a, it's like an Avid rucksack, uh, so the company Avid, um, <clears throat> and it's, it's sort of like a big square rucksack, and then you can also clip your, your day chair sort of into the rucksack. Okay. Um, so that's on your back, so I've got, like, my rucksack's literally got everything in. Um, I always take my kettle and my flask, or my kettle and my... My, my cup, I like to have a brew on the bank as part of the enjoyment for me. Um, but then I've literally got in my bag, I've got my buzzer pouch, um, I've got my tackle box, I've got obviously like my weigh scales. Um, I don't really have anything sort of which isn't essential. Um, I always carry a sack just in case. Um, and then in my other little side pocket, I've got just my bait bits and pieces. Mm. Um, and rig wallet so I don't really I don't carry anything sort of untoward as well and actually last year I uh, I bought you, you mentioned a tarp earlier uh, about your friend mm. uh, I bought myself a tarp which mm. I did a surprising amount of research on actually because um, I wanted to just get one which was the right size I didn't want to be messing about with it and cutting it and yeah um, and I did I did one night under my tarp and got absolutely abused by rats <laughs> <laughs> I just wished I had my brolly. Um, but I think at the right venue. Um, no, I love it. It's nothing better than just being sort of under the stars in a bed if you can. Um, but the tarp was brilliant just for keeping off the condensation. Uh, just to have one sort of corner of it elevated on a bank stick. Um, yeah. Uh, have you got any more of the, of the, any more questions? So another question we've got. Uh... Okay, so Phil has asked, well, he's basically, he said, talk more about baiting up in winter. Um, I don't know. I don't know what what you mean totally by that, Phil. Uh, if it's pre-baiting in winter, then, yeah, do it. You want to keep it going. Um, you you want to, basically, you want to keep bait going in the water all year round right to, and obviously you want to vary it and yeah maybe change the type of bait you're putting in but really you don't want to break um if you're coming on to a new water in the midst of winter and you haven't kept a bait going on then you'd want to bait differently than if you've been on a, a water all year um then you just you need to keep that regularity of bait going in the water and then they will the carp indefinitely you know nine times out of ten they will keep moving and they will keep eating and they will keep on the move but i think keeping the bait going in is the key thing there um that might be a bit unuseful for people at this time of year if they haven't been baiting up and have just been fishing singles or something um but yeah whenever if i'm on a water all year round i will keep that bait going in and sure i'll use less oily stuff 
um, and I'll, I'll cut back the amount I bait in, in in the colder months, but I'll still keep that bait going in. Um, Phil, if you mean, you know, what about baiting up just for a session? Let's take pre-baiting out of the equation. Um, yeah, I'm going to do less of it in the winter. Um, I will use, and it depends what you mean by bait. Again, I'm going to go on about liquids. You can get away with putting quite a bit of liquid in in the winter, um, which you can't with, say, boilies or particle, because let's say you want a load of attraction in the water, right? Um, and it's winter time. Now, carp, they've got a slow metabolism and they're not moving as fast, and obviously they're not eating as much. In the winter, they're not going to be snaffling that up very quick. So if you put a load of bait in, okay, you're causing some disturbance. You're causing a big attraction, but because they're not eating much, the chance of them picking up your hook bait is much, much less than if they were more active. Now with liquids, you can get a ton of attraction in the water, even in winter, and they're going to be you know, switched on to feed and looking around. But if there's not the abundance of actual particles to pick up, they're going to find your hook bait far quicker. So it would depend, I guess my answer is bait, baiting in winter depends what you're baiting with. I say go all in with liquids. Um, and in fact, I say that all year round, go all in with liquids. Not enough people are using liquids and I'm like a broken record, but um, use some. for you, Sam. Go on. So like winter time, especially, so carp in particular in the winter time, you could be looking at a really short feeding period. Yep. So... I was just literally just thinking this just then. So with liquids, obviously, you're putting the liquids in. That's going to disperse into the water. Um, do you think by fishing liquids, you're more likely to get a fish to bite out outside of that sort of unique feeding time? Or or would you really sort of say a lot of lakes, it's sort of winter, depths of winter, you're looking at sort of 3 o'clock till 4 o'clock or half 3 till 4. Do you know what I mean? That last sort of cusp of light before it starts going into dusk. Um, are you looking at sort of like would you just sort of focus your approach then on just sort of like looking for a if you know that's the bite time because I, I could just imagine sort of like wasted liquids in that instant I can imagine sort of with the cart's behaviour in the summer the liquid scent you're sort of going to get the fish mm. uh, more likely to have a bite sort of many times through the day but in the winter would you sort of have to pigeonhole to a a certain time of day more specifically with liquids do you understand what i'm trying to say i think so it it, it it's a huge question um mm. and it depends right at the end of the day carp are carp and they have carp tendencies whether they are in the cold water or in the warm water whether they're in the winter or in the summer right th th their priority is survival uh and an aspect of that is feeding it, it's giving their bodies what what it needs um now yeah of course there's you know th there's many waters like most waters they have their certain times where they almost switch on and yeah the carp are almost much more likely to feed there or i reckon <clears throat> most waters certainly that i fish there's a certain time of year and a certain time of day they're, they're more likely to feed then you know maybe it's in the autumn oh x water they tends to switch on then maybe this water all year round like doesn't really do day bites or it doesn't really do night but whatever it is like they have their tendencies and yeah of course like pay attention to that stuff but honestly 
Like, as long as there's carp in the water, it doesn't matter what freaking time of day there it day it is, there is a chance they will be willing to feed. That is something you have to remember, right? I think a lot of people go wrong by, oh, it doesn't doesn't do day bites, so I'm just like, not going to bother and whatever. No, like, th- you telling me, right, that the, the carp in this water don't feed in the day? Absolute bullshit. Um, so that there's always an, there's always a chance. You never know what's going on. You never know what's going on with these fish. There's always a chance they're going to pick up a bait. On top of that, well, what happens if you present them with something that just switches something on within them that makes them really want to eat? Now, certainly in winter, this, in my opinion, becomes even more important because they're feeding a lot less in winter. Well, it stands to reason you've got to really give them something that they really want to eat. And there are things that they can lack and therefore crave in the winter, which you can use to your advantage. Um, so I would say be aware. I think I'm answering your question. If I'm not, please tell me. But I would say be aware of you know the potential feeding spells of your quarry but also don't be a slave to it right if like on sunday i can't do a night right i can get there early in the morning and then i have to leave around about three o'clock that's not ideal you know it's not ideal for for anywhere really it's not that long there but that's the amount of time i have to fish on that day um that's what i'm gonna do and I'm going to work hard whilst I'm there. And guess what? I fancy my chances, even though it is January. Um, because you, you you have to, you only we only get the amount of time that we get, right? You only get the opportunities that you have. So you have to make the most of them. So don't be a slave to, uh, oh, this isn't a good bite time or, or whatever. You know, go out and make it happen for yourself. Um, and then when it does happen, it's even more sweet, right? Yeah, well, isn't it just? Yeah, this time of year. Mm. It's amazing. Does that, is that what you meant? Does that answer it or not really? Yeah, my, my thing was sort of like just... Um, I've not used liquids to the extent that you have, like with your super soaker talk earlier. Um, but my thinking is just sort of when you're literally applying, we're talking liquids into the water column, over time they're sort of like dispersing. Um, I think in the... In the warmer months, you're gonna sort of have a quicker reaction from fish. Fish are gonna be moving through that. The, well, they're, they're moving around a lot more to come across it. Um, and my thinking was, in the winter, you sort of a bait on the, a, like a physical bait on the bottom is gonna be there. Uh, come that that small time of the day that they're gonna bite, um, that is gonna be there. Um, and I was thinking with the liquids, like you're suggesting, um, you. I guess it's just regular application, I guess. Um, yeah. Because they're constantly going to be sort of going through the water column and sort of dispersing, and then I guess it's uh, reapplying. That was just a little point. It just popped into my head when you were sort yeah. of discussing it, so I thought I'd sort of get in there and see what you had to say. I've So, yeah, the, this is the, the... I guess I alluded to this earlier. This is the problem, problem with liquids. They can be short-lived, um, unless you have a, a, a system which allows the liquid to be drip-fed um, into your swim. Yeah, there's ways of doing it, mate. If you think outside the box, you can develop something that, that allows for continual baiting of your liquid, um, which is 
yeah, I've got a little system, which I'm pretty damn happy with. Um, it's not conventional. I think most people would, you know, reel back in, in shock if I told them what I'm doing with it. But uh, yeah, you, there's a way you can, there's a couple of ways you can get a regular stream of liquid going in the water without disturbing that segment of water, which is a big key. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so I think that's sort of <clears throat> covered that. Uh, so the next question, you were going through the questions. Yeah, let me load it back up. You got the next one loaded? Got the next one loaded. Marija. Uh, Marija. Marija. Probably saying that wrong. Apologies about that. Um, do, do you use pop-ups? Don't laugh. I'll, I'll uh, answer that. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yes, right. I do. Mm-hmm. But prefer, I say prefer, more confident in the bottom bait. But yeah. I use pop-ups a lot, especially in the winter. Yeah. There we go. Answered. Yep. I uh, I use pop-ups as well. <coughs> Yeah. Next next one isn't really a question. It's um ha- have you seen the uh, the Nash Titan hide and then it's full stop thoughts question mark question mark. Um yeah, I've looked at it online. I think this is in reference to me asking for a brolly. Yeah, looked at it online. Um sure it's great. Uh, not not what I want. Uh, so, I've looked at the Titan hide as well. Um it's very similar to the Tempest, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, next. Bit, bit next. boring. Bit boring. That's it, mate. That's all we've got. Oh, um, let's have a little look. Let's just see how long we've been going for. One minute forty. I've got, but I think we had a little break in that. Oh, tell you what, I was going to ask you actually. Uh, just swoop in at the end. What is your um, uh, and look going forward? Maybe we need to have like a little bit more structure with these podcasts. Maybe we'll do, you know, what's been going on in the week, what our thoughts are. I don't know. We'll have some regularity to it. But for now, Pete, I want to ask you, this is a tough one and I'm springing it on you, but what is your most memorable carping or fishing in general memory? Ooh. Tuffy. Great question. Yeah. Mm. I can think of a couple. So, like my 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 first fishing trip, um, I was my dad says I was four, um, but I must have been like five, I reckon six. Uh, I've got a photo <laughs> of it as well somewhere. You just but presume your dad's the, wrong. Yeah, I do because of the fish like I caught and things. So, so basically, he took me. But the whole situation of this, he's always said I was like four years old, four years old, but. Um, first fishing trip went with my dad to Constantine Bay which is near Padstow in Cornwall um, fishing from the shore into the surf uh, for bass um, and we were fishing with like lance which are a big sand eel basically for people who don't know um, I remember using we were using like a big sort of like a 4 or a 2 hook something like that and uh, my first ever fish I caught on a massive lance and a big hook was a was a mullet <laughs> uh, in the surf. Ooh. Uh, yeah, first random, fish, isn't it? First fish you ever caught was a mullet. Yeah. That's a hell of a fish to catch on your first. Yeah, a bit of complete fluke as well. Like mm, Good fighters. Like, oh, well, yeah, obviously. I remember reeling it in, and I remember, because like, I stood at, 
at the beach. So this is why I couldn't have been a four-year-old because my son's five now and he couldn't reel a fish in for love nor money. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's your son though, isn't he? <laughs> Let's be honest, mate. <laughs> I'm rectifying that this year, by the way. We're uh, yeah. getting out there. Um, and I remember like reading it in, reading it in, and just as the waves came in, it sort of um, I was reading it up the sand kind of thing on the beach because I remember like my dad telling me just like shouting at me to like stand back and it came off um, and I remember like the waves sort of like crashing in to sort of like come and rescue this fish and my old man just like running after it and like jumping on it <laughs> uh, but I've got a photo of me somewhere with this mullet at home but yeah it was a big fish as well it was a big mullet um, fondest carp fishing memories mate um, I honestly think my fondest memory um, is uh, involving you, oh, uh, fishing the I think what we called the sort of like the weedy water. Ah, uh, you you've you've got you've got the same one as me. Yeah, go on, yeah, go on. This is this is romantic, isn't it? Yeah, you'd uh, it was you. It was your fish, wasn't it? I think. And um, oh, this is some. Remember, it was a mirror. This is somewhat different. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, plot mate, twist. So many plot memories twist. on this water. You'd sort of, um, this fish had gone for a, one of the first fish from the lake. It got weeded up. Mm. I remember you just shouting for me, like, get the boat, get the boat. <laughs> and I was there, like, I was like, I don't want to get in the boat. I, I'm going to get in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an old theme park, wasn't it? It's just a weird place. Um, I remember sort of getting the boat, and I think, like, the oar was just like an old broken up bit of wood or something, wasn't it? Going out in the boat and sort of finding the fish and parting of the weeds and just seeing like a, an amazingly beautiful scaly mirror mm. sort of sat there in the weed. Yeah. Can you remember that? I do. If if you were on the long, uh, like the straight road bank, was it mm. on the lilies on the left of that? Yes. Yeah, I remember, mate. I do remember that. That was yeah, good times. Good, we, we, we had some really good memories there. Um, some very the good fish, times. The fish in that lake were just... They were not the biggest fish in the world, but they fought like they were, crazy, like insane. Yeah. There was, just, but stunners. Yeah, the memories that I have from there. And you you never knew what you were going to get in that place. Like it was a real right. mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, just some stunning fish, stunning memories. It was funny you say tench. that. I remember like the tench, like you used to get some takes. And they'd be like taking the rods off the rest. And it'd be a tench. <laughs> it was just, they were insane, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, I've got a few. I would say I've got a joint three favorite angling memories. Uh, and the one I chose <laughs> is at the same place, actually. So I was fishing this area that me and Pete called the lawn um, because of the nature of it. Um, and then there was this, there was this big fish for the lake uh pretty much one of the biggest um called we called it the gardener because it always came out on the lawn anyway i was fishing there and i saw this fish activity on just further down the bank which actually funnily enough was where pete had his best memory from that lake where we went out in the boat and parted the lilies and found that fish around there i had um I, i saw a lot of activity i even put a bit of bait in there and saw it going on pete came down later that day and he was going to fish oh, and I, yeah. do you remember this um <laughs> yeah i'm surprised I, this is your fond memory you were you know, bitter 
No, it is. <laughs> and I'll get to why it is, unless I'm confused, which is a possibility. But this is how mm. I remember it and how I choose to remember it, maybe. Um, anyway, there was this activity going down there. I was sticking to my guns. I was like, I had a target fish in the water and, and I, I thought I had seen it where I was. I thought I had. Um, but I wasn't sure. Anyway, so I was like, oh, I want to stick to my gun. I don't want to move on those fish. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to put Pete onto that area when he comes. So, you know, help him out, whatever. He came down to the lake later than me, obviously. So he came to the lake. I was like, Pete, just down here um, on, on the other end of this bank. That, you know, there's been some activity. And, and Pete took my advice and he decided to plot up there. Um, and then, you know... The, it was late afternoon, went into evening, you know, we were, we kind of met in the middle, we weren't that far, we weren't fishing that far away from each other, um, not at all really, and yeah, Pete, out of the blue, Pete's rod just tears off, rattles off, and uh, he's playing it, it's coming in, I, it's uh, getting closer and closer, and it turns out, the the fish he's playing is my target fish and um, bearing in mind i've been fishing this place hard i mean look pete pete you were crit. on your third day you were on your third night i remember there we, there we go and i was going all out for it um i was spending a, a lot of time at this lake um and i as i said you know i i put him on this area i was like fish there i think you should fish there there's a lot of there. anyway and then it turns out he has managed to hook into this fish of mine that I dearly wanted to catch. Look, of course, Pete wanted to catch it as well. We were both there for, for that fish, amongst other things. But that was the main thing, right? That that's that was the mm. jewel. That was the prize. That was that was the lake's riches that we really wanted. And anyway, he's playing it, and I'm like, shit. I mean, and on one hand, I'm thrilled for him because it's like he's got it. On the other hand, I'm like, well, I'm down here, like, you know, I'm down there most days, either putting baiting, doing many nights a week, and, and all this stuff, putting in mad effort. And my mate, my best mate, who I've put onto it, is is playing the fish. It's bittersweet, you know. Um, and anyway, he lands it, and we get the photos, and it looks amazing, and it's a gorgeous fish, and it looks mega out the water. I mean, you see it in the water, that's one thing. You see it out, and it's like, oh, my God, it's got such presence, and it's just an amazing fish. Um, and then he puts it back, and then, you know, it's it's the aftermath of it. You know, the, the fish has been returned, the photos have been taken, and we're, you know, sitting down, having a tea, maybe even having a beer at that point. Um, and then he asked me to be best man at his upcoming wedding. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll always remember that. It touches me. Um, I that- remember it well. You were, you, you like, it was almost like you grudgingly said yes. <laughs> I, it was bittersweet. I was chuffed for you, but... Um, Sorely disappointed for myself because I'd I'd spent so much time and effort there and it's like, well, where do I go now? Um, funnily enough, I carried on fishing it and uh, several months later, I, I, I managed to catch that same fish in the winter, which, um, which I was happy with because it's hard to catch them in the winter. Uh, and I managed to get that fish in all its winter glory, uh, which is really special. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's my that's my favourite memory. Yeah, I think Bit we were mu- lucky there, mate. I think we were we were the last sort of. Mm, we were. It was it was that place was in a real transition. Mm. And we were the only ones on there fishing. We had that place to ourselves. We had the bait guy, the the bait company guy. Yeah. Yeah. There was a few sort of local guys. One, well, one really who fished the local sort of uh, closest sort of reservoir a lot. And they had a, sort of a, quite a few of the sort of like local sort of history sort of fish from there. And there was another chap who was quite a big guy. Uh, he used to roll his own bait as well. I don't know if you remember him. Not the bait owner. No, 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 no. That was the chap who gave you the bait boat, wasn't it? Yeah, that's my kind of thing, but yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, no, so, um, no, a different guy, but we, we had it to ourselves, mate, and we were down there most evenings, and, um, yeah, it was, yeah, very fond memories. Um, if you go, if you've been down there recently, it's, it's, uh, we were very, very fortunate, mate. Yeah. It's completely different now. Um, but yeah, there we go. Um, it's our own little bit of history, I guess, wasn't it? it was decent, good times. Yeah, it was lovely, mate. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, it's. I, I think I almost feel like our next phase from that was um, the the very deep pit. I think we've spoke about briefly earlier uh, on earlier podcasts. Yeah, I think I, that I was didn't... that was our next phase, but we never got to do it. I did a bit on it. Um, was lucky enough to get a, a fantastic result on it. <coughs> um, his life happened, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I saw that as our next great adventure, um, and certainly a step up from the previous uh, place. Uh, it's a real shame. It's sort of real shame it never sort of... came to fruition for us both. What's that? Sorry. It's a real shame we never got to have that next phase of our angling life together without yeah. sounding, you know. It, it, no, it, but... I, I did some time on it. You didn't do as much as you wanted. You went on somewhere else and it just never really happened. And I think, like, I saw that place as being our next, you know, mm-hmm. memory special place. Um, and that never came to fruition. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad in a way. I don't know. It's turned into a very mushy podcast. But, um, that's, yeah, that's, that's the whiskey, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's the whiskey, mate. <laughs> cool. Um, so we should we round it up there? Do we think? It's a nice little notes around on, really. I think so, mate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, thank you for sticking with us. If you've stuck with us thus far, I uh, really appreciate it. We've been going for oh, getting on for two hours, like an hour and forty-five ish. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Look, as always, we don't get any money by doing this. We're not sponsored anglers. We're not getting sponsored for this or anything. Um, We're just doing it because we want to do it. We want to provide to you. Um, It means the world to us when you leave a review. It really, really does. Um, If it's a shit review and you want to tell us that we're shit, go do that. But get involved and and let us know. Give us feedback. Um, If you can, you know... Go to iTunes or, or whatever medium you're on and, and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Um, it really, really does. And indeed, if you have any suggestions about 
what we can cover and who can come on the podcast because we would like to interview some people please make the suggestions uh, we are open to suggestions and we want to keep growing this and make it better and better so it's a more pleasurable experience for all of you listeners so with that being said pete do you have anything else you want to say before we sign Just- off just my apologies to anyone who's had to listen to my coughs for two hours. Uh, next next time, I promise to be better. Yeah. Hope so. Cool. Cool. Bye, Sam. Peace out, folks. Thank you very much for listening, and we will speak to you very, very soon. Or we, shall I say, we will engage with you very soon. Whatever. Stop recording. Three, two, one. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>